on the air at News Radio 1070 WKOK and online at WKOK.com. This is WKOK Sunrise. Thanks for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic. His website, ILC.com. Staff writer for Ranker, member of the Critics, Associ- Critics Choice Association and online film critic society. A winner of the Pennsylvania Association of Broadcasters Award and uh, author of two books. And follow him on Twitter, as I do, at ILCT. Have you been tweeting a lot uh, lately, Mike? Yeah, I'm always tweeting. There's always stuff going on movie-wise, so plenty to talk about. All right, good. Well, there's lots going on today as well. All right, you compiled a top ten list. So tell us uh, what's on the list. Okay, well, 2020 obviously was a very unusual year, but it turned out to be a pretty great year for movies despite theaters being closed. So here are my picks for the ten best films of 2020. Number ten, Come Play. A poignant story about a mother's love for her autistic son wrapped up in a very spooky tech-based horror story. Number nine, totally under control. Oscar-winning documentarian Alex Gibney tracks how the Trump administration bungled its response to COVID-19 during the earliest days, and he brings the receipts to prove it. Number eight, The Vast of Night. A radio DJ and a telephone operator uncover a UFO mystery in their small town in Amazon's atmospheric and riveting sci-fi thriller. Number seven, Minari. The Walking Dead Stephen Ewan stars in this heartfelt, deeply touching drama about a Korean family who moves to Arkansas to start a farm and nearly falls apart in the process. Number six, The Invisible Man. Elizabeth Moss is phenomenal in this super scary story about an abusive man who torments his girlfriend even more after she can no longer see him. I'm still recovering from that restaurant scene. Number five, Pieces of a Woman. Vanessa Kirby will shatter you in this Netflix drama about a mother struggling to accept the death of her baby minutes after it was born. It's tough to watch, but extremely powerful. Number four, Let Him Go. Diane Lane and Kevin Costner try to rescue their beloved grandson from an abusive stepfather and the backwoods crime family he comes from. I held my breath in suspense for a huge chunk of this tense thriller. Number three, The Five Bloods. Spike Lee's Vietnam War epic is exciting, but it also honors the often minimized contributions of black soldiers throughout American combat history. Delroy Lindo gives 2020's best performance by anyone. Number two, Nomadland. Frances McDormand already has two Oscars. She may get a third for her work in the story of a woman who joins a community of people who live off the grid. The way the film blurs the line between fiction and documentary is fascinating. And my choice for the best film of 2020 is... David Byrne's American Utopia, Spike Lee, making his second appearance on this list, directs a film version of the former Talking Heads frontman's Broadway show. 2020 was a rough year, and this was the one movie that made me feel joy, hope, and optimism again. It's available to stream on HBO Max. So David Byrne's American Utopia, my pick for the best film of 2020. What? <laughs> uh, did that have? Did that do well on HBO Max? Is that the kind of thing we can assess? Uh, I, I don't recall hearing too much about it. I remember hearing you talk about it, though. Yeah, I mean, I, they don't really release numbers for that. 2020 was an unusual year because, of course, theaters were closed for a big chunk of it. Most of the major studio releases were pushed back. So a lot of the films on my list came from cable and streaming services. And uh, that's just a snapshot of how 2020 was. And in this case, uh, the movie that I enjoyed the most uh, last year, 
came from HBO Max. I actually saw one of the films. Can you believe it? The Five Bloods. I saw that. That was a great movie. Spike Lee did a fabulous job. Great story. Yeah, Spike Lee, one of my favorite directors, and having two movies on my ten best list this, this year just, I think, shows how strong his work has been recently. And is he working now, or are we waiting for something new? He's always got projects in line, yeah. He's working on a musical, I believe, and some other things. So he's a very prolific filmmaker. All right, super. Well, thank you for that. Those are the ten best. Of course, I, I prefer to accentuate the negative, so please, your ten worst. Uh, if there is, if there were ten worst of 2020. Yeah, there were. Uh, num- number ten. Uh, <laughs> see, this, I, I have to talk about these horrible movies. I'm going to never talk about any of these after we're done today because these are so bad. <laughs> Number 10 is Doolittle. We didn't need another version of Dr. Doolittle, and we really didn't need one with a sloppy story and a tendency to step on its own jokes. Uh, The usually reliable Robert Downey Jr. goes full weirdo here, and that just does not work at all. Number 9 is The War with Grandpa, a very lame, Home Alone-esque slapstick kitty comedy. And I don't know why Robert De Niro, Uma Thurman, and Christopher Walken would ever sign on for something like this. Number eight is Artemis Fowl, Disney's adaptation of the popular young adult book series, is the worst thing to happen to co-star Judy Dench since Cats, utterly incoherent in plot and lacking excitement or wonder. The movie ends with a setup for sequels that I'm sure will never materialize. <laughs> Number seven is The Quarry. Uh, this is a movie with Michael Shannon as a cop who's chasing after a, a drifter murderer who's pretending to be a preacher in a small town. Uh, that sounds like it could be exciting, but this movie is slow as molasses. I kept looking at my watch and saw that only about 10 seconds had gone by, and it felt like 10 hours. Uh, number six, another HBO Max movie, An American Pickle. This is a rare bomb for Seth Rogen, and he plays an immigrant worker who's preserved in a pickle barrel for 100 years and then thawed out and has to learn how to adapt in the modern world. It starts <laughs> out kind of funny, but then gives way to becoming a strained and very unfunny political satire with nothing new to say. Uh, number five is The Grudge, a remake of the 2004 hit that uh, makes the worst sin that a horror movie can commit, which is to be boring. Number four, Olympic Dreams. People probably have not heard much about this one, but the director got unprecedented access to film at the Olympic Village. So he hired two actors to go in to these locations and just improvise a love story. And uh, with no formal script, what follows is just 85 very long minutes of scenery and nothing interesting happens. So Olympic Dreams. Number three, Like a Boss, Tiffany Haddish and Rose Byrne are funny performers, so it's depressing to see them stuck in this utterly laughless comedy about two longtime best friends whose friendship is tested when their cosmetics company gets bought out by a power player. Number two is a documentary called Trump Card. This comes from convicted felon Dinesh D'Souza. And before anybody starts saying, oh, movie Mike's a liberal, he's just putting it on here because it's about Donald Trump. Well, no. Uh, D'Souza tries to convince us that Democrats want to turn America into a socialist nation. And to convince us of that fact, he interviews dubious experts, including his wife, his daughter, and former Grey's Anatomy star Isaiah Washington. And those are the credible people he has in this movie. Hmm. And finally, my choice for the worst film of 2020 is Verotica. This is a movie that was directed by heavy metal rocker Glenn Danzig. He wanted to make a horror anthology, and what he turns in rivals Plan 9 from Outer Space and The Room in the Department of Sheer Ineptitude. I sat with my jaw open watching this movie. I could not believe anybody thought there was anything redeeming about this sex, nudity, and blood-filled travesty. So, uh, Verotica, that one went straight to VOD, my pick for the worst of the year. (laughs) 
<laughs> Veronica sounds a funny name. Okay, so that's a great list. Uh, any new movies out right now? Yeah, this weekend is the weekend the theaters reopen. Uh, so there are a lot of movies playing locally, starting off with Wonder Woman 1984, which here again we're talking about HBO Max. That premiered in theaters and on HBO Max on Christmas Day. Uh, of course, our theaters were closed at that time, so Wonder Woman 84 uh, opening locally on the big screen today. I enjoyed this movie as much, if not even more, than the original. There's also News of the World with Tom Hanks. This is set a couple years after the Civil War. He plays a former Civil War captain who is trying to help a little girl find a safe place to live after she's being chased by some bad people. A really good performance from Tom Hanks. I like this movie a lot. That's called News of the World. Uh, Monster Hunter opens. This is an adaptation of a popular video game with Mila Jovovich. She plays a woman who ends up in this alternate dimension and has to fight giant monsters. I screened this one with my 12-year-old son, and we both had a lot of fun with it. It's a dumb movie, but it's one of those that's kind of dumb. And then we've also got the Crude sequel, uh, Crude's 2, A New Age, which is a very funny sequel to the animated comedy from a few years ago. And finally, we have Promising Young Woman, which stars Carrie Mulligan as a young woman trying to avenge the sexual assault of her best friend by going after all of the people who caused it and enabled it. And uh, that's a real provocative movie that goes to some very interesting places at the end. So those are all hitting theaters locally today. All right. Have you reviewed any or all of those? You mentioned you enjoyed Wonder Woman. Did you review it, per se? Yes, my reviews of all of those, except for The Croods 2, which I just saw, uh, are available on my website, ILC.com. Okay, and what did you give Wonder Woman, do you recall? Three and a half. 3.5 out of four red capes. Okay, super. All right, well, great. Uh, thank you for that. And Wonder Woman is just in theaters now? Uh, it's still available on HBO Max through the end of this month. All right. So if you have HBO Max and you want to see it at home, you can. If you don't have it and you feel safe going to a theater, uh, which I do not at this current time, uh, you can see it up on the big screen. Well, tell me, give me a quick sentence about uh, theaters. They are opening, uh, uh, sort of an assessment from your viewpoint? They do have a lot of precautions in place, and uh, I did go to the AMC once back in October and felt very safe there. I mean, you can see the, the precautions they're taking, but... Uh, I'm working really, really hard for me and my family to not get this, so I'm, I have not been anywhere in quite a few months. Uh, but if you do feel like going to the theater, what I saw seemed safe. All right. Well, thank you. As safe as can be if you're going to go out in public and have people take their masks off to eat popcorn and drink soda. Right. Right, right, right. So you don't want too many people in there in the first place. So. Right. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Dr. Dre is in the hospital? Yeah, Dr. Dre, a uh, music mogul, produced so many great songs, was a member of the very influential rap group NWA, uh, suffered an apparent brain aneurysm this past week, and is currently receiving treatment at Los Angeles Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. His team released a statement saying that he's doing well and recovering, so uh, we certainly hope that he will continue that recovery. All right. And Tanya Roberts died. The first thing I saw when I saw that you were tweeting about that was, are you sure? Yeah, and word came this week that Tanya Roberts had died. Of course, she's best known for uh, the James Bond film of View to a Kill and being on that 70s show, as well as the very popular cult movie from the 80s, The Beastmaster. Uh, it was announced that she died, and then it was announced that her death had been announced prematurely and that she was still alive, and everybody was happy, and then there was another announcement that she really had passed. 
and apparently this was due to a urinary tract infection that spread to her kidney, gallbladder, liver, and bloodstream. Okay, so yeah, that's a virulent issue. We know that to be true. Okay, well, thank you so much, Movie Mike. Thanks for all the uh, information. Our the next review that goes up on ILC.com will be which film? Uh, I'm posting a review later today of a movie called One Night in Miami that debuts in select theaters today, and it'll be on Amazon Prime in a couple of weeks. All right, we'll keep an eye out on that. Thank you so much, Movie Mike. I used to end our interview saying I'll see you at the movies, but I won't. So. Get home, yep. <laughs> I won't see you at the movies. All right, we'll t- talk again. Thank you so much, Mike. Take care. Movie Mike McGranahan at Isle Seat, the Twitter handle, IsleSeat.com. His uh, website to look at all of those reviews.